This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. Just tune in to any social media platform and you will see all of the experts who are telling you how to spot a narcissist and how to deal with a narcissist and how narcissism is this, that, and the other thing. Well, that can all be very interesting. But today's guest can be very, very helpful. Her name is Dr. Carol McBride, and she has spent decades researching parental narcissism. For many, the first narcissist they meet, they call mom or dad. Dr. Carol McBride explains in her latest book, Will the Drama Ever End?, that narcissists who become parents have suffered a great trauma. And that trauma can prevent them from having empathy for their children or getting overly involved in their children. Or often parents who are narcissists use their children to prove to the world that they're okay. So everything that's going on with mom or dad can get projected onto the child. And that child could become the scapegoat for everything that the parent feels is wrong inside of them. That child can also become the golden child And those kids are taught that the world should treat them different because they're special. And that could actually lead to growing a future narcissist. Kids can feel ignored because they're never really being seen for who they are. They're never really allowed to develop their emotions or their sense of self because the narcissistic parent hasn't done that work for themselves. They can't teach or model what they don't have. Now, when Dr. Carol McBride started talking about this stuff 30 years ago, many eyebrows were raised. Today, her work is a little more accepted. And for Carol, too, the challenge is trying to re-educate people because narcissism isn't always what you see on TikTok. Dr. McBride was on the show many years back with her first book, Will I Ever Be Good Enough? Healing the Daughters of Narcissistic Mothers. The new book is Will the Drama Ever End? Untangling and Healing from the Painful and Harmful Effects of Parental Narcissism. Dr. Carol McBride is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Denver with 40 years of public and private practice. She specializes in treating clients with dysfunctional family issues. And her journey into this field started with her own recovery. I was searching for information for my own recovery, and there was a void in the literature. This was in the early 2000s. I didn't see anything about parental narcissism, uh, relationships with narcissism, you know, now it's all over. But when I was working on it, people were not even familiar with the term. And I was actually searching for my own recovery and discovered the void in the literature and decided that something needed to be written about this so that people understood it better. And that developed, I started with women, and that developed in my first book, Will I Ever Be Good Enough? Healing the Daughters of Narcissistic Mothers. Now, explain to people what a narcissistic family is. Yes, and so as my research and clinical work continued, we come across the dynamic of people working 
through their issues with their narcissistic parent, but then also realize that there are other dynamics in the families they grew up in, which is what this third book is about. It's about the dynamics of the narcissistic family. And what I mean by that, Casey, is a family that is led by a narcissistic parent and then the effects that that has on the rest of the family, such as the spouse who is often the enabling parent, sometimes not, sometimes there's two narcissistic parents, but typically we see the narcissist, the enabling parent, and then it affects the children in different ways. We often see, similar to the alcoholic family, we see the scapegoat child and the lost child and the golden child. What is the big secret that nobody's telling in a narcissistic family or a family that's led by a narcissist? Is there a secret they're hiding? Is anyone aware that it's a secret, or is this just like a personality defect? Well, I think there are lots of secrets in the narcissistic family because the mantra of the narcissistic family is we are the perfect family. So there's a lot of pressure on all the members of the family to, to project this image of the perfect family. And so what goes on behind closed doors is usually encouraged in the family to be kept private and and secret and, you know, we don't share the, the dirty laundry outside of the family. Narcissism is a personality disorder. Once it is developed in an individual, it can unilaterally create rippling effects, which it does in the families. So I'm going to guess if there's a narcissistic head of the household, nobody really realizes that until later, right? Or, or, or what? Well, usually for all of us, when we grow up as children, you know, that's all we know. This is all, we don't have the worldwide, you know, context of, of life and what's around us. So most children who grew up in these families, they kind of know something's wrong because they're not being validated. They're not being heard or seen, but they don't really know what it is. And it's not obvious because oftentimes the narcissistic abuse is emotional and psychological and engulfing or ignoring. So children will realize that their needs aren't being met, but they can't really put their finger on, you know, what is it Mm -hmm. exactly that is wrong here? And so, yes, they oftentimes don't become aware until they're older and looking back and also seeing the the effects of the dysfunctional family that that has had on their life, their adult life. Right. And I think as you get older, too, you realize your friends have much different relationships with their parents than you had with yours. Right. Uh, And there are different, it's a spectrum. The engulfing and the ignoring is on a spectrum. Sometimes it's more dramatic than others. When you have a narcissistic parent who's either uh, engulfing or ignoring, What's driving them? Usually what drives the narcissist, honestly, is their own trauma and their own lack of sense of self, their own self-loathing. So they're not happy people. They're not people who feel good about themselves. And so they tend to not be in touch with that, not be in touch with their feelings, and then they project that onto the rest of the family and the people that are closest to them. And the the difference between engulfing and ignoring, although it sounds obvious, but a lot of narcissists do both. 
because it really just depends on what's going on with them that's getting projected. The engulfing is, you know, just taking over the child's whole world, what they think, what they do, what they wear, you know, what they believe in. This is, you know, there's orders. This is what we believe. This is how we act in this family. And the ignoring is the obvious of just that child just doesn't feel seen or heard at all. You know, they're just kind of ignored because the narcissist is too self-centered and focused on themselves and what's going on for them. And in a narcissistic family, there could be engulfing, there could be ignoring, but it's also a lot about projecting this perfect picture out into the world because the narcissist and TikTok tends to portray narcissists as like, you know, great big bullies. But there's so many layers to being a narcissist. I don't think anybody wants to be a narcissist, right? No, of course not. And and most narcissists don't, you know, wouldn't agree that they're narcissists. They're not people that are in touch with themselves. They right. don't go to therapy. They don't stay in therapy. Um, they just think they're right about everything. Right. Um, and that's uh, that's covering up their own hurts and disappointments while projecting onto the world that everything's great over here. That's right. That's right. And, you know, Casey, sort of a fad now to talk about narcissism. It wasn't when I wrote my first book. Um, The whole concept sort of took off. But I have trouble with it in some ways because there are a lot of things about narcissism that don't bother me. And I don't think should necessarily bother other people. You know, you hear a lot about the, just sort of the way it's portrayed now for lay people is they talk about narcissism as as someone who talks a lot about themselves, is boastful, is arrogant, is all about me. And honestly, as a clinician, I don't really care about those things. They're, I mean, they're annoying. You might want to stay away from those people. But what I care about is what hurts your loved ones and the dynamics of narcissism that hurt the children and hurt the partners and the friends are things like the sense of entitlement and the exploitative behavior, like I'm going to take advantage of you for my own good. And the big one, the lack of empathy and the inability to tune into the emotional world of others, huge. Mm. And then very dangerous and very painful is the envy, you know, because they are so self-loathing, they tend to have envy of anyone who's bigger or better than them, including their children, unfortunately. Right. And then they can compete with their own children. Yes. Which is unheard of, but happens. Right. And it's so confusing to the child. It is so confusing to the child. And if they could could tune into the and be empathetic towards other people, then they probably would have tuned into their own selves, but they're not going near their own selves. No. I met a young woman who told me um, she found out at like 30 years old. She realized at like 30 years old that... um, that her parents had been narcissistic, and she said, my whole life has been a dog and pony show. Yeah, yes, it makes sense. And, you know, other things about the narcissistic family that are so important is that it's so dishonest, it's so inconsistent, so people don't feel safe in that family system. 
There's lots of criticism and judgment and putting people down. The children walk away with feeling this blame. You know, it must be my fault. I must be the wrong one. There must be something wrong with me because they don't understand. So you're saying it's confusing is very true. And people who come to therapy, you know, in my practice and others who are working with us now, don't usually come in saying, I came from a narcissistic family system. They, they come in with the symptoms, the effects. Can you tell us what those symptoms look like in a grown-up? Absolutely. Internalized negative messages... You know, I, I don't feel good enough, and I don't know why. I don't feel lovable. I don't feel worthy. I have crippling self-doubt. I feel empty. Oftentimes, most times, there's a lack of sense of self because the, the sense of self wasn't encouraged in the narcissistic family system because they were taught to conscript to the mold of the nar- what the narcissist wants. Crippling self-doubt not trusting themselves, their own feelings. This unsafe, inconsistent environment creates anxiety disorders and depression and hypervigilance, difficulty trusting themselves and other people, some impairment in their emotional development because it wasn't encouraged. A lot of times people come out of these systems being very codependent meaning I'm going to take care of you to the exclusion of taking care of myself. Because in the narcissistic family system, the parental needs always take precedence over the children's needs. So it's a boot camp. It's a great boot camp to learn how to be codependent. (laughs) And so, you know, there's a lot of work in recovery on how to undo that. All right. Dr. McBride, you got your hands full now. How are you going to heal us? Well, I have developed, again, over the years, and it's much more refined in the third book, Will the Drama Ever End? But I've developed a five-step recovery program that I found to be successful over the years with my clients and also worked this program myself. So in Will the Drama Ever End, the third part of the book is all about the healing. And it has lots of journaling exercises you can do at home or with your therapist. But it involves, you know, five very specific steps that need to be worked in sequence. I found doing a lot of interviews like this and reading your books, I think that, you know, surviving a narcissistic upbringing is not, like you mentioned earlier, all that different from surviving an alcoholic upbringing, because it seems to me that these issues run so, so deep, you kind of unpack them like a little bit at a time for the rest of your life. Yes, I think it's a lifelong journey, but the problem that people run into is they, they want to understand the cognitive piece of it. Like, people like to understand what is this about. Give me, give me all the cognitive information about it. But not necessarily take the time to do the trauma work. And if you don't do the trauma work and really do the separation individuation from the family of origin and work on your own sense of self, then the recovery doesn't work. Okay, explain that a little different because I'm not sure I got it the first time. Okay, so oftentimes people think that once they've read about this, 
and they understand the dynamics that, that okay, I did my recovery. Oh, yeah, okay. which is, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, I which c- isn't true I and could. because they, they have to work through their trauma. Right. I couldn't hear it the first time because you described me so perfectly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I read the book. I'm fixed now. Thank you very right. much. <laughs> Sometimes with those big truths, I just go deaf. <laughs> like, what? What? What did she say? Right. But but it's very common because it's not fun to go back and, and wade through the trauma. But it truly is the way to get, to get to the other side of the mud puddle, if you will. You've got to trudge through the mud to get there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only way out is through. Tell me, do narcissistic uh, parents raise narcissistic children? Sometimes, but I would say the majority of people that come to therapy for for this issue are not narcissists. They're very codependent and very empathic. But narcissistic parents can raise narcissistic children if they do a lot of entitlement messages to their children. What what do those sound like? Well, that's like we are smarter than everyone. We are better than everyone. You know, we only associate with certain people. You, the child, are special and you deserve favorable treatment from everyone and automatic compliance with other from other people, if you teach your child that they're that special, you know, then they're going to be at risk of going down this narcissistic lane. Right. And then if they do, they'll never go to therapy. No, and, and or rarely, usually when they come to therapy, it's to complain about someone else, you know, not really deal with themselves. The, the other kind of major factor, I think, with that is the lack of empathy. That's the thing that people have the, a hard time understanding, particularly if you're an empathic person and you know how to do empathy. If someone isn't tuned in and they don't know how to do empathy, that's a hard thing to teach to people. Will the drama ever end untangling and healing from the harmful effects of parental narcissism? We can now get this book everywhere. The paperback release is in March okay, terrific. of 24. What do you most want people to take away from today? That recovery is the key. That really digging into recovery and working on understanding, working on how this has affected you and your life and your relationships and your parenting, that is the key to, you know, there is hope and there is recovery, but it's important to do the work to get there. Beautiful. Can you just give us one little thing we might do to get on the path to recovery? I would say um, I love step two in the five-step recovery model because it really is looking at how am I different from my family of origin? And, you know, what are the things I want to keep that I like? And what are the things I'm going to discard? And really working on who am I? You know, what, who, what is my authentic self about? And that's kind of a fun process for people to really work on individuating and then becoming our authentic selves. Where can we go for more information about you? My book website is willieverbegoodenough.com. We also have a Facebook page that we do events and activities on. That's Dr. Carol McBride slash Facebook. 
And we should say Carol is spelled K-A-R-Y-L, K-A-R-Y-L, Dr. Carol McBride. Her new book, Will the Drama Ever End? Untangling and Healing from the Harmful Effects of Parental Narcissism. I love that question she asked. A great journaling prompt. How are you different from your family of origin? And if you were listening, you heard how struck I was personally by Dr. Carol McBride's brilliant truth that you can't just read the book, whatever book, you have to do the work. I've read so, so many books and thought, yep, fix that. (laughs) Interesting topic. And the similarities between alcoholic families and narcissistic families make so much sense as well. Thank you, Dr. Carol McBride, K-A-R-Y-L McBride. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. On Monday, November 20th, we have the Great Gratitude Zoom. It's free. It's fun. Everybody's welcome. Just zoom in. You don't have to turn your camera on if you don't want. As we prepare for Thanksgiving, we're going to talk about the hundreds, if not millions of people who have contributed to our lives with so much joy and empowerment and that we'll never be able to thank them. But we can send him a good thought. And then we'll find the gratitude for what we can give to the world. Can't wait to share all of that with you. And we're going to do another Zoom in December. The theme for that Zoom will be signs and wonders. We're going to talk about all the magical things we've experienced. I know, I said I wasn't going to Zoom in November and December. And then... One of our Zoomers, Kat, said, we need it most in November and December. And I said, you're right. And so we shall Zoom. Retreats are already planned for February 23rd and August 23rd. Those are weekend retreats at Marion-Dale. And we've been invited back to Graymore this summer. I don't have the date on that yet, but I'll get it soon. I'm pulling out my old favorite poem of all time for our thought for the day. Written by Max Ehrman in 1927, it's called The Desiderata. This is the original text. Go placidly amid the noise and haste, and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible, without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others, even the dull and the ignorant. They too have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons. They are vexatious to the spirit. If you compare yourself with others, you may become vain or bitter, because always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Enjoy your achievements as well as your plans. Keep interested in your your own career, however humble. It is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Exercise caution in your business affairs, for the world is full of trickery. But let this not blind you to what virtue there is. Many persons strive for high ideals, and everywhere life is full of heroism. Be yourself, especially do not feign affection, neither be cynical about love, for in the face of all aridity and disenchantment, it is as perennial as the grass. Take kindly the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune, but do not distress yourself with dark imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, 
be at peace with God, whatever you conceive God to be. And whatever your labors and aspirations and the noisy confusion of life, keep peace in your soul. With all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. Be cheerful. Strive to be happy. Shana. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week. It's your time to shine on.